0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Java Chat. I've got to go find my channel now, of course. Make sure that my live is broadcasting. Yes, it is. Look at that. Holy crap. It's actually working. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Java Chat. Yep. With all the double delays, like we don't have enough already. Ah. so welcome to Java Chat. I have the opportunity to have coffee here with a young gentleman who I've been following and admiring quite a bit. Um, and the reasoning is because a lot of what he posts gets a lot of gets a lot of attention. And the kind of attention that it gets is the exact kind of attention I think a business should be getting. Um, the way he postures things, the way he writes his copy. I don't know if you know him, but as of today, you should. And if you're not following him now, go follow him. His name is Fraser. Did I say that correct? Yeah, Nathan Fraser. Fraser, okay. Um, and we're sitting here having a cup of coffee, and we've been talking. Hey, Joe, Oscar, Melanie, Carlos, everybody's already jumping on board. That's awesome. Um, make sure if you're watching us live, you hashtag live in the comments. And if you're watching the replay, please hashtag replay. Uh, Make sure you're following Nathan. And here's the reason why, in my opinion, you need to follow somebody like this. Guy's brilliant. Comes up with stuff that's so cool and controversial is about the best way I can say it without starting to lose my my language. But, dude, your shit's awesome. (laughs) The the first time I uh, watched – well, actually, the first time I learned about you was over in the jungle. For those of you that don't know where the jungle is – it's a group called Getting Sales Without uh, Getting Clients Without Being Salesy. We call it the jungle. Uh, everybody there is a gorilla. Sales gorilla, marketing gorilla, everybody learns to be that from the main gorilla, which is Landon Porter, and the queen gorilla, which is Ash. And then this guy pops up one day, and I start watching him post, and I'm going, oh, this is one of those. This is one of those guys that likes to get controversial, likes to put out shit just to see what happens, and likes to test waters, and then test people's resolve with some of the stuff that he posted. I said, I got to go see him on his page. And I started reading his page. It's like, oh, yeah, this is something I really want to watch. So let's see what happens. <laughs> and then we, we actually had a conversation um, for my tech company. We were talking uh, about the copy because he's a copywriter. And he's a funnel creator. He makes he makes funnels that sell. Uh, and our conversation was more based around newsletter kind of stuff. And I learned from that point that... That's really not where he likes to play. He likes to play in places where people can actually make an income. So what I was talking about was just something that kind of you know keeps people up to date with what's going on with the tech company. Um, but what he does, he actually gets into people's heads, and he gets into their psyche with his copy, and he gets them to do something. And I don't think there's a lot of really good people. You, you remember the King of Copy guy out of New York? Mm-hmm. So he was another one that was very good back in the day of just email marketing, straight email marketing, before there was really a capture page or a landing page or a splash page. It was just like you went to a website, you got into a newsletter. That's all in those days. Yes, I'm that old. Um, but he was one of those guys that did that too. And his newsletters were always hilarious or his emails were always hilarious because at the end of every one, he'd be always say the same thing. Now go, go out there and sell something. Old school sales. But then I watch your stuff, and I watch your your copy, and I watch your content, and I'm like, man, this boy's—he's so else. He's off the rails on some days. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I really did. And you gotta explain to these guys and let them know exactly—you know—where where are you from, man? Where, how did you start this? As just unleashing your brilliance? How did you like? How did you come up with this? Uh,
1: well, okay, so. I'm going to do it. Uh, I'll approach this from a couple of different ways. Um,
0: number approach one, it any I'm, way you want, bro.
1: Okay, I'm not your <laughs> typical uh, internet marketer. I'm covered mm-hmm. in tattoos. I'm, oh, that don't mean shit.
0: That's just, <laughs> that's just so you're inked, big deal.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, uh, I, I, I've never been, I never went to college. I don't have an MBA. I'm a high school dropout. Um, I started entrepreneurship because I don't do very well in the corporate world and I yeah, wanted me to be and 15,000
0: other of our colleagues and cohorts and friends. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so I wanted to be my own boss, uh, and I, um, my very first business was a rap, uh, underground raps, uh, recording studio slash business uh, record label. And um, I've, I learned very early on in that that uh, – It's the people that are the most outrageous, the people that get the most emotional response from people that get the most business. Yep. And so I, that, that business is in the past it, uh, for different reasons we, we put that business to rest, but, um, I make most of my money by basically off of the fact that people don't buy until they're, until they're emotionally invested. And, uh, most of my, most of my social media presence, most of my email marketing, most of my sales letters and sales pages are based off of getting emotional responses out of people, getting them emotionally invested, and then asking them to make a buying decision, which uh, has worked out pretty well for me and which is probably the biggest mistake I see most entrepreneurs out there make is they, they're they too afraid to stir people's emotions. They're too afraid to uh, touch on controversial topics. They're too afraid to... Um, plant their flag on a hill, and uh, so they have these very vanilla social media profiles. They have very vanilla personal brands, and people don't buy from vanilla. People buy people buy from um, people that they can relate with. People buy from people that take a stand. People buy from people that evoke emotions, and so that's what most of my marketing is based around is is uh, stir, stirring the emotional
0: pot. Interestingly enough, that you bring up vanilla. <laughs> it's a great flavor as far as ice creams are concerned, and that's about it. Most yeah. people that I know usually like the exotic flavors. Remember the old Rocky Road? Well, now that's become Chunky Monkey and all these other wild and crazy names. But they're all names that em- evoke emotions in people. You know, Ben & Jerry's not successful because they have normal flavors. I mean, their mint chocolate chip isn't mint chocolate chip. It's some wild and crazy name. And it's awesome stuff. I mean, it's still great ice cream. And you're right. Same thing. If you're not if you're not evoking an emotion out of a human, whether the decision is based on logic or not, it's still emotional at the point of yeah, I understand that. I like that. Let's move forward. And mm-hmm. I think most people forget that there's always that one bit of emotion in there. And I think if more businesses, and I'm not in line with business, I think if more business people thought that way, we would probably see a little more creativity. Um, I don't know if you watched last year's Super Bowl. Some of the commercials – well, I watch it for those commercials. I don't really watch it for the game. But the commercials, some of the ones that come out are awesome. Um, the one that's the most memorable to me is Doritos. And you probably saw it. If you didn't, I'll post the link on the, on the chat later. Um, but it's of a guy who's sitting on a bench, <clears throat> eating Doritos, and this gorgeous woman comes running by, and he crunches on a chip, and she stops, turns around, walks up to him, notices there's nothing in the bag, and there's some on his face, and she licks his face. Mm-hmm. And he gets that sly look. Do you remember this? hmm Yeah. The, the ending was the best part. Big boy got a look at that and he got in on it and threw her off to the side and then started out. That was perfect. That yeah. that's the reason why I remember it's not so much the, the gorgeous chick lick in his face. It's big boy getting in on the back end going and I'm thinking, yep, and that would be me. But that's the emotion that you're talking about, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is people a lot of times – we send out our emails and they're just boring or we post our, we we just go to Facebook and we're like value, 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 or we join a Facebook group and we're going to post the most valuable things that we can in the Facebook group. And (laughs) the, The fact of the matter is, is people won't pay attention to you off of logic. People won't pay attention to you based off of facts. People pay attention to you based off of, did you get that emotional response? If you want to get them, to the point of your sales message where you actually ask them to make a decision, you have to get them emotionally invested first. And that's something that not
0: enough people are doing out there. I, I think if people spend a little more time reading or looking at other you know, looking at other ads and just really looking at, and trying to figure out what is the emotion they're after here. You know? I mean mm-hmm. You're really good at branding. Um, Des Desda is really good at branding. Landon's great. I mean, Landon's one of those guys. If you don't get him, <clears throat> you don't get him, you're you're going to miss out. You know, I, I wish I could be more on the Friday Night Lives. It's just I'm usually in front of my computer working, so it's kind of <laughs> hard for me. But I, I love being a part of those things. And even in, even in the gorilla, in the jungle, I've posted a few things here and there, and they would all seem out of sorts. I mean, I definitely break the flow. Everybody's posting all this cool stuff or something. And I'll throw something in there that's kind of like, huh? And my my whole thing is kind of similar to yours. I want to interrupt stuff. Because everybody gets so complacent with the same thing, just like you said, over and over. What do you you know for today? I'm not looking to give you a value yet. I just want to see if you're paying attention. And I think you do that, too. on Some of your posts on your, on your personal, I know you're looking to see if people are watching and paying attention.
1: <laughs> well, and the thing is, is you have to know how, especially with Facebook, you have to know how the algorithm works. If people aren't engaging with your posts, they're not going to see your posts. Mm. And so if, if all you do is post the same uh, business-related <laughs> posts or value-related posts, people get bored of that. They stop clicking like. And they stop paying, and then Facebook says, "Oh, well, they don't like this guy's post, or they don't like this girl's post, or they don't like this um, gender non-binary conforming person's posts." And so they'll uh, they'll, we're gonna start going there right away,
0: huh? Okay,
1: stop. (laughs) They'll stop showing your posts to people. And so uh, in order to keep your posts being shown to people, you have to post what people go to Facebook for, what people go to YouTube for, what people go to Twitter for. You have to know why people are there. They're not there to hear you pitch about how awesome your business is. They're there for their own selfish reasons, and you need to know what those selfish reasons are. When it comes to Facebook, they're there to... Uh, they're there to either argue with people they're there to <laughs> see, they're see they're there to see pictures of people they're there to have their their biases confirmed they're there to whatever the reason that they're there for you have to give them that first and then, after you've got them engaging with your post, then you can throw in some stuff about how you can help their business, and they'll actually see those posts. But if it's just all business, 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 nobody's ever going to see your post. Nobody's ever going to engage, and you're just wasting your time and their time.
0: Yeah, well, I'll have to disagree with you since we're here on Facebook.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll get into a big, we'll get into a big 40, 40 thread, forty comment thread argument about it. Oh,
0: please. You know that's one of the cool things I, I witness every once in a while. It's some really good posts. Not, not, not like yours. you get some really good response, too. It's interesting to see that people really are dramatic about things, and how dramatic they get. And they, I mean, it's like, okay, you, you you haven't gone to college, but you know what a dissertation is. Uh huh. Yeah. How often have you had that happen on any of your posts? I've read it. I, you know, I personally on my own posts, I. Uh, I don't mean your post being the dissertation. I'm talking about the people trying to argue with you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I don't really feed into it too much. Like hmm. I'll get in there and stir the pot a little bit, but yeah, I, I'm it's very hilarious. Yeah, I love I, this though. <laughs> I like listening to other people's points of view, though. So yes, um, and, and that's not really. Most people aren't comfortable with other people's points of view, but I enjoy it. I enjoy, I enjoy putting a little bit of uh, cra- craziness out there and seeing what kind of craziness I get back. So it, it helps me keep tuned in with where other people's minds are at.
0: You, you remind me of um, our UX program manager for the tech company. It was hilarious. You'll like this. We were just at an event in Santa Clara, and you know, being in business development and, and sales, we're always at customer service how do we help the customer how to understand what the technology is blah 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 she's not she'll stand there and she'll watch them struggle and her whole premise is i want to see how hard it is before i actually have to step in and help it. she literally asked me to step away from the pause for a while so she could observe the torture that these poor people were going to go through trying to figure out what was going on with the app and i, I watched that and i was like you know, it's probably good to have that attitude when you're in sales too, simply because what you just said. How do you know what the other person's perspective is? You're not willing to see it, hear it, and understand it. And I think I think, still there's still a lot of people that are writing sales copy that are trying to write it from the, from the standpoint of, I want you to understand me before I try to understand you. And yet what I see you doing is yeah, you stir the pot a little bit, but you do take the moment and time to really try to understand somebody else's perspective. Is this something that you think, I mean, we all know the answer, but I'm sure you have a little more on this. Is this something you think should be practiced often, especially by the small business?
1: Yeah. So before I answer that, I want to give a whole bunch of love to Trish Leto. She just joined the. Uh, in the comments and I freaking love that girl so I wanted yes, to give her she's some mom. um my opinion right now with the world in general <laughs> the biggest problem that we have right now is people are not empathetic. People don't That's true. people don't <laughs> know how to they automatically assume anybody who doesn't see things the way I do is literally Hitler or they're just a stupid libtard, or they're just a right wing fascist and being a business owner you have to realize that uh there's lots of different worldviews out there and if you want to be able to connect with people it's like you said you have to be you have to seek first to understand them before you can ask them to understand you yeah and so in general i think that the biggest thing that we're we're Lacking right now in the world is empathy—the ability to empathize and, and see things from other people's point of view. Um, in business, it's you just can't do business if you're not willing to do that. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, I think that, and, and this is conspiratorial or whatever. But I think that um, the powers that be—the people that run the the governments, the people that run all of the the <laughs> big powerful structures in society. Um, life is easier for them when we're able with people in groups are easier to control when you mm-hmm. can, when you can get people into group think they're a lot easier to control. Yep. And the best way to get people into groupthink is to break them off into echo chambers to make, to pit them against each other. And yep. so if you're a politician and you're running a big country and you have a bunch of people that are empathetic and a bunch of people that are, um, able to, they're able to think outside of groupthink. It's probably a harder job to be a politician at that point, so mm-hmm. it, it makes sense that they push um, groupthink and they push us not being able to be empathetic, but um, I am not happy with where I see
0: society going because of the lack of empathy. Couple points on that. And yes, I agree. Empathy is quite lacking um, One of the things that I know about politicians that has changed over time is the fact that there are no more statesmen, or there seemingly no more statesmen. And what that causes is a politician that wants to control and have power. And we remember what Lord Byron said, absolute power, absolutely. That's what they're after. Unfortunately, we're not going to have too much dissension between us on that one. I'm pretty sure that we agree that as long as you can keep a group divided and arguing with each other, they're not coming after you. The reason the bourgeoisie finally lost is because the people finally got together. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason that most of them died. It's because they were tired of it.
1: Well. And I'm just going to jump in real quick. Yeah. As as a marketer, we know this. As a marketer, we know, hey, we have to know who our who our audience sees as the bad guy. If you're in the diet industry, you have to be like, oh, man, those evil sugar companies, those evil corn su- companies, and they're, they're getting subsidized by the government to put all kinds of stuff that makes your food mm-hmm. addictive. Mm-hmm. You have to give them somebody to blame. And yep. so – As a marketer, as marketers, we see this and we're like, oh, they're just playing the old us versus them tactic. But it always works. Yeah, and it it works great because you get people – you get, you get people feeling like you're on their side. You get people yeah. feeling like you're helping mm-hmm. them throw rocks at their enemy. Mm-hmm. And then you say, hey, here's my solution. Well, this guy's on my side. I should listen to his solution. Well, mm-hmm. if you can do that in politics, if you're a Democrat, you talk about how evil the Republicans are. Republicans are vice versa. Yeah, if yeah. you're a Republican, you talk about how stupid the liberals are. Yeah. You get people on your side, and then you say, hey, this is my solution. And people are like, yeah, let's do his or her solution. Right. And it's marketing. and. As as business owners, as marketers, we start to realize this stuff, and it makes it really hard for us to view the world the way the rest of the world views itself. So yeah. I wish – and maybe this will happen. I mean, we see more and more people looking at entrepreneurship. We see more and more people seeing it as a viable option, especially now. When we were younger, our parents could work 40 years at a company and retire. That's not – With our Rolex
0: and have a good pension and enjoy life and yeah, – But that's just –
1: that's not the options that kids have no. nowadays. So no. what my hope is is as more and more people start looking into starting their own businesses, there'll be a reemergence of empathy. There'll be a reemergence of connection. There'll be a reemergence of putting other people's needs first and trying to understand where other people are coming from. And maybe that'll lead towards the pendulum swinging back towards a more solid you know, community, but I don't know. We'll have to find out. You
0: know, you know the hardest part about that is pendulum is that it never stops swinging. Mm. And unfortunately, the way the outsides like to play, they never want that pendulum to stop because if it does, they lose, and everybody in the middle wins. The guys that are dealing with the swing. So it's interesting that you mentioned it. I wanted to ask you too you kind of defined it already but if you want to dig into it more this whole wave of new entrepreneurship i know entrepreneurship as an old definition of a problem solver that comes to a marketplace with a solution and has an intent to improve life um, and usually create jobs it's not the same anymore today how do you how do you see it i mean you kind of defined it a little bit but what what else I think the first part of that, actually, I think the whole thing still
1: applies. Um, a lot of people get, a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is working from your laptop on a beach, on a hammock somewhere. And I know it's not,
0: I'm on the wrong, <laughs> I'm on the wrong show. I got to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not been my experience, but here's, here's the thing. Um, I have successfully started, I've unsuccessfully and ran into the ground three businesses and then know I when you know st- get to the next through the next five
0: you'll
1: catch up <laughs> so right now I, I have two businesses and both of them are profitable awesome. um and both of them have more than just me so i'm, I'm actually earning an income for more than just mm-hmm. me and both of the two businesses wow. um so and, and both of those two businesses were based off of what's a problem that we can solve how can we solve it how can we differentiate ourselves And like I said, both of those businesses pay more than just me, so they are creating jobs for other people. Um, Again, I think it's just uh, the perception versus the reality. People perceive entrepreneurs as like the wolf of Wall Street or um, like the people that negatively perceive it or people that positively perceive it look at like a ty lopez video and they think that that's what entrepreneurship is all about
0: i'm the so glad you went down that road because that's where i was going next
1: <laughs> keep <laughs> going keep going keep going <laughs> the reality of it is um not nearly as pretty there's a lot of exactly there's a lot of uh, hard lessons involved there's a lot of but again some of my best lessons in life some of the things that took me from being a selfish self-centered all about the money type guy to being the type of person where um, I am now where I, I'm more concerned about giving to people came through having to learn the hard way through entrepreneurialism. Entrepreneurialism taught me some of the most valuable lessons and marketing has taught
0: me some of the most valuable lessons sure. in, in life. I think, well, in marketing, like you mentioned earlier, it teaches empathy. You have to have that. Um, it definitely teaches you presence and awareness because if you don't have that, you obviously won't know what's going on with the marketplace. You obviously won't know what it actually needs. You won't know what solutions to bring to it, to the table. Um, anybody that's even the business that I've involved and they're more traditional. Uh, the tech company is offering a technological solution in meeting spaces. Um, we're calling it SPAS. Everybody knows software as a service. We're not doing space service. We've taken it one step beyond Just the scheduling, we actually now have the space to. So we're bringing something that everybody's like, where would anybody need something like that? Every event and conference you go to. Is there any place private that you yourself can hold a quick meeting, can take a quick call, get away from all the noise, and just have a place of peace? There isn't any place like that. So in the event space, that's 100% density because everybody needs to take a call call a meeting, do a deal, blah, 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 that kind of thing. So they're solving a problem there. The entrepreneur decided that it's a little more traditional. That's why you don't see us doing a lot of online promotion. That's going to kind of change with pleasure and everything. Then there's the whiskey company. What possible problem could we be solving there? Any thoughts? Uh,
1: escaping all the
0: craziness. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's a little more about telling a story and bringing uh, rent to market, so it's a little different. Uh, but, yeah, there are some people that would probably like to forget the day. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting story because it's, the, it's a real Prohibition-era recipe created by a bootlegging grandma. No joke. And this is like the only bootlegging grandma I've ever heard of. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, really? There's a ton of grandpas, but I didn't know there was a bootlegging grandma. That's a whole other thing. But that's still entrepreneurialism. The person that started that, it's a bootlegger. He's now a legitimate master distiller. He's a legal entity now. He got out of the, the, the wrong side of it. Well, basically because his wife said, go legal or get out of the house, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty simple choice at that point. <laughs> but as, as like – and some things like – there's some weird ones out there too. I mean, like I'm sure you've come across a couple that have been like, kind of like, okay – that seems a little odd. I think I can do it. I mean, what kind of things have you worked on? What kind of projects have you worked on that where, where it's kind of like, okay, that's kind of weird, but I think I can do it. You know, uh, to be honest,
1: I shy away from those type of projects. I, my thing is, if there's not already an established market for it, I don't like to get my hands involved in it. Right. Um, and maybe – that means I miss out on like the next biggest thing, um, but I. It's been my experience that uh, it's a lot easier to sell to an industry or to a market that already exists rather than. Pioneers one. To, yeah, yeah. P- pioneers tend to come back with a back full of arrows, and I'm not <laughs> a big fan of that. I'm a big <laughs> fan of are there already people buying it? Because when I work with somebody, I wanna I wanna know who's your market. I wanna know. What's the problem that they're dealing with? I want to know what are the other solutions that they've already tried? I want to know right. who do they blame for their for their problems? What are their values? Who are their villains? I want to know all these things. And when it comes to a brand new, really weird thing to the market that nobody's, it's hard to get those answers. So it's hard for me to do my job. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take money from people if I'm not confident that I'll be able to do a good job for them. So right. I stay away from from. Uh, stuff that there's not already an established market for.
0: Yeah, like these two in particular. Although the whiskey industry has an established market, this brand does not. And although the tech industry is well-known, this particular solution is not. So building the market on this, there's a market ready-made, but they have no idea who we are. So we're on a branding run with those two. And having to do something like that, as as much as that is an established market, I, I get what you're saying. If there's already somebody there and there's people that are ready to buy now, that's where you like to play. There are other people like to play in the other. You'd like to be the pioneers with the arrows in the back. And they're happy to take every arrow because that's just how they are. They're gluttons for punishment. And that's cool. <laughs> it is what it is. If I get an arrow through my hat, I'm usually ducking and running. It's one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, arrow, sharp, not good. Um, what was the other thing? I had another thing I wanted to ask you. You had this thing called podcast podcast blast off. Can you talk to me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so podcast blast off was actually my very first um, profitable venture. Nice. Uh, like I said, I I started a record label when I was about 19 years old with my little brother. Um, we had a lot of fun, but uh, probably too much fun, and uh, <laughs> that ended up not turning into the to the multi-million dollar business I thought it was going to be. Uh, I also had a t-shirt company that um, also ended up with a lot more back stock than sales. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I, did a, I had a software as a service business that I built, and that one was probably the hardest lesson that I ever learned as far as I created a product. It was a brilliant product. It sold in all of the stores that we had it in. Uh-huh. And uh, we, had a, we had a deal with one of the biggest retailers in, in the world, basically. And uh, they decided they were, we put all of our eggs in their basket and they decided to Ooh. pull some really shady stuff right before we launched. And um, so we ended up pulling out of the deal and all of our marketing was handled by them. All of everything was handled by them. And we realized that we had a product with no idea how to sell. Yeah. And so that that business, three years of development, three years of investing, and we ended up with a product we didn't know how to sell. And so before I went back to my team for the next crazy, crazy idea that I had, I was like, okay, before I even ask them to develop this new project that I want to start <laughs> working on, I need to make sure I know how to sell it. I need to make sure that there's people that are out there willing to buy it. So that's what yeah. Podcast Blast Off was was that was the first time that I actually said, well, what, is, what are people buying from us already that we can turn into a service? And it was podcast websites. At the time, podcasts were just starting to take off. A lot of people were coming to us to build their <clears throat> website for them. And so uh, we created a service that offers podcast hosting for your podcast files, and it builds a customizable podcast website for you at the same time off of the same nice. service. So basically does, you don't have to get Libsyn plus Blueberry plus WordPress plus hosting from Bluehost. You just get everything all in one package. Um, that's what Podcast Blast is. But again, three businesses I ran into the ground before I finally figured out how to get one profitable. And uh,
0: what was that the turning was, point on that? What was it that finally triggered in your mind that said, okay, enough of them? Enough of this. Let's do this.
1: The the final turning point was when we the last business I the last business before Podcast Blast Off was something called My Graffiti Cake. Mm-hmm. And it was a graffiti software that allowed people to print out customizable graffiti prints for their cakes.
0: Cool. And
1: yeah, in every bakery that it was in, it was like the number one seller. But we had it in multiple different bakeries and the biggest distributor that had taken care of all of our promotion, took care of all of our marketing for us. At the very last moment, they said, hey, if we're going to go forward, you need to pull it out of all of our competition. We want exclusive rights to this. And then they wanted out. They wanted our copyrights. They wanted us to hand over the copyrights for all the artwork, all of the fonts, everything. And uh, that put us in a really hard spot. And yeah, so we yeah. said No. But we didn't know how to market it. We didn't know how to sell it. We didn't have a sales team. <laughs> and they were taking care of all of that for us up until that point. And when we decided not to go forward with the kind of the strong arm tactics that they were using against us, mm-hmm. um, we thought we could sell it. And we tried for about a year and a half to sell it. And we, I, I didn't know how to sell. I was an entrepreneur. Right. Right. If you build a better right. mousetrap, the world would be the path to your door. And I realized very quickly that that wasn't the truth. And um, so then that especially if there's
0: no mice in the in the wall yeah
1: there there you go exactly and so that (laughs) that was that was the thing is when i said when when uh when i had the idea to do podcast blast off and when i had the idea to do copy and funnels i was the first thing was do i know how to sell this do i know how to market this and uh that i i hate to i mean i'm a marketer so i feel like it's disingenuous of me to say this, but I do feel like marketing is the make or break it thing. If you know how to market, you can go into any business and you, you have a much better chance of
0: success. I actually agree with you quite hardly on that. If you can't sell or market what it is that you have to the marketplace, and whether that's picking up a phone and cold calling, which I'm not a big fan of, <laughs> or actually doing attraction marketing, you still, you're still going to have to have a conversation somewhere along the line and that's going to need to be a sales conversation. If you don't know how to run that down to a close, you could have the most brilliant diamond on the planet. You'll be trying to sell it to the wrong person, the one that can't afford it and you're going to miss the one that can. So I happen, I really agree with you on that and I think more people need to pay attention to that. Interesting you brought up Copy and Funnels. That's your other business, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. so. For those of you that are not savvy with what a funnel is, it's basically a process by which you get out to the main market and find the right people to come in and buy your thing. That's what Landon calls it, right? Your thing? <laughs> yep. Okay, To so you get them to come and buy your thing, whether that's a service product or it doesn't matter. They come in through this funnel. Nathan's taking a lot of time to figure out how to create the right kind of funnels Along with that mind-stimulating copy, that gets people to make a purchase or filter themselves out. Um, how long has that been open? Uh, copy and funnels.
1: I opened <clears throat> last year. I, so, full disclosure: I've been doing I've been doing marketing on the side for people f- and copywriting for people professionally. Uh, a little bit over five years now, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't actually establish it as a service until about a year a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was just at the point where I was getting so much work for doing it that uh, my accountant was just like, hey, you need to stop running through this. You need to actually establish a business because right now this is a pain in my ass doing your taxes." <laughs> and so I officially launched Copy & Funnels last year. Copy & Funnels was the first business where on day one, though, it was profitable. Like every other business that I ran, um, even Podcast off took a year before it was profitable. Copy & Funnels was... From day one, I was I was profitable. So,
0: um, now do you can do you consider that something like uh, as much as that's a fair? You consider it something similar to? Don't take this wrong. An info product launch. Mm, no, I, I I do
1: have I do have info products involved in copy and funnels, but okay. the majority of it is client based work. The majority of it is doing critiques for people or writing sales pages for people. Um, most yeah, of what I, I do, is, my,
0: stuff, my stuff sucks. Right now. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm.
1: Most of what I do is is actually client based, um, but I do have uh, educational materials for people as well. And usually, the educational stuff is just part of my sales funnel. It's who's actually interested in buying, and I offer low ticket inf- or informational products. And then usually people that buy those low-ticket informational products will come to me later and be like, hey, can I pay you to actually do this for me? So I get paid twice for most of my customers (laughs) or multiple.
0: That's that's even better. That's being a multiple client or having multiple clients and them being the same one. I know another guy uh, who does higher-end sales where he's a coach or consultant Mm -hmm. kind of deal. And his clients pay him five and six figures a month and every time he talks with a group of about ten people most of them are five figure and out of that ten two or three become six figure consistently mm-hmm. and he's got a whole other system behind that too he's, he's not online very much in fact not not hardly at all he's got like maybe one ad running that I've seen but he's really smart like you <laughs> um, I'm going to need links for those two. I have your link for Podcast Black Song. So for those of you that are watching this, go back to the description. After this is done, I'm going to re-edit that. I'm going to put in these two links. I want you guys to follow me because the stuff that he posts will give you a really good idea of exactly how you need to be to test the waters, if you will, and be able to get perspectives from other people. Because if you're not doing that, I completely agree with him on this. If you're not doing that, you're missing the boat. You're missing the market. You're not understanding what it is that you really want. The, the, the mom, the, the mom who wants to get something really cool for the kids. Got, by the way, guys, this kind of times out really well. It's the holiday seasons. It's about Christmas. Last time I did uh, drop shipping around Christmas time, I crushed it. But it wasn't because of my copy. It was because of the system that I was using. You want to learn from somebody that really understands how to write stuff? This is the guy you want to watch. Oops, I'm pointing the wrong way. There, that way. The way, that way. I keep forgetting everything's in reverse. I'm pointing to my right and it's pointing to your left. Did it looked you like you were pointing the right way on my screen. We did it? Yeah. That way? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> any 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 other thoughts that you can just you've given a ton of golden nuggets already. But can you tell me anything else you think might be a real good piece of value for people that are watching this or listening? I do want to
1: give a qualifier. Don't copy what I do. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, the idea is to see what he does, not do what he does. Yeah. I'm not a
1: big fan of copy and pasting from gurus anyways. But, um, oh, that was a subject I wanted to get
0: into because I have a real with them. <laughs> you kind of touched on it with Ty Lopen. These There are these gurus out there that have these massive marketing budgets that are out there creating these – Great videos showing these wonderful cars, crazy stuff. I'm going to ask for your opinion on generally and specifically what do you think these guys are really worth as far as, as far as entrepreneurs. And then I'll, I'll give my opinion after.
1: I don't think there's a one size fits all answer to that. I think a lot of, this is what I've, I've known about, I've met a lot of the, I've met a lot of my marketing heroes.
0: Mm.
1: Not all of them are what they portray themselves to be. Even I'm I'm not everything I portray myself to be. Like, uh, just in general... You're not the hot, sexy bald guy behind the microphone that I'm (laughs) Oh, I am that. But in general, I put... I put certain things out there, and I choose not to put other things out there. That's Mm -hmm. how we all are.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, A lot of the gurus out there, though, are completely phony. A lot of the people that talk about how they can make you uh, six-figure incomes don't even make them them six figures. figures? Yeah, well, yeah, don't even make six-figure incomes themselves. (laughs) A lot of people, uh, a lot of people, sell you um, a process. But they make their money selling the process, process. not actually mm-hmm. using the process. Mm-hmm. So, um, once you start getting into, uh, and I don't want to throw shade on anybody in particular. I, I mean, no, just, just throw shade Period. Money. Just do
0: it generally, dude. Because it's it's you, you and I have the same opinion. You're saying everything I'm about to say. <laughs> so go ahead. But,
1: but I will say this. Um, in general. Uh, I'm not a big fan of gurus, I'm not a big fan of um, hero worship, uh, <laughs> and I'm a very big fan of skepticism, so even be skeptical of the stuff that you see me post, um, because it's just healthy, it's good. it's good to have skepticism, it's good to be, it's good to question things, and my main thing about it is, uh, what works for me, works for me. Yeah. What works for me might not work for somebody else in a different niche. It might not work for somebody else in a different industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important thing is to be authentic, to be yourself. And a lot of the stuff that I get away with, I get away with it because it is authentic to myself. Mm-hmm. But if somebody mm-hmm. tried to copying and pasting my stuff and it wasn't coming from who they really were, it wouldn't work for them. So um, – don't be vanilla, but don't be a copy of somebody else's ice cream recipe either. Be your own ice cream recipe.
0: I think that's the, the thing that I would want to emphasize the most. No, nope, you're back. Come here. Who, is, okay. who are the biggest niches that you that you serve?
1: Uh, probably software as a service is who i get most of my business from Mm -hmm. but also client-based especially ever since getting involved in landon's world i've had a lot of people that are client-based services that have come to me and had me write sales letters and sales pages for them um that's what i i don't really do as much email marketing as i used to do and i don't do as much social media marketing as i used to do uh most of my work now is either sales pages or sales letters and the majority of it comes from software SaaS products or from client-based services.
0: Awesome. Okay.
1: You're the Man,
0: we've been going for quite a bit.
1: I want to thank we... you. I don't think I said thank you at the beginning
0: for inviting me on, but I really enjoyed it. Well, I was about to say I want to thank you for taking the time out and coming hanging out and letting my followers and listeners hear what you have to share. Um, your perspective is definitely unique. I Really do hold you, and this isn't hero worship. I really hold you as someone who's quite brilliant. I enjoy reading your copy. I enjoy following you on social media. Um, I think the world is blessed because I just like, yep, here it comes. Let's see things on this one. <laughs> and I really, I love it, dude. <clears throat> I wish Landon would post more. Um, the two of you guys have a very unique way of drawing people out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. and getting them to really go. Well, wait a minute and then start to see what it's really about. And I I appreciate that about you. And thank you again for coming and hanging out, and having a cup of coffee with me. This is Java Chat for a reason. Um, and for those of you that are listening, I want to say thank you very much for following. Thanks for watching and for hearing us on Anchor.fm. If you're on Spotify or any of the other services, thanks again for listening. Make sure you share this out. There's a ton of good stuff in this one. I'm surprised I got through this all the echoes that hearing. I got a ton of echoes going on in my ear right now that I'm still able to talk. (laughs) That's either either vanity or I'm really concentrating right now. One of the two. (laughs) I'm all right. I'm okay, Okay. Um, Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, Please get those links over to me. I can get that posted in the description. And we will talk to everybody really soon. Take care. Ciao for now. Deuces.